0: Got it now. <laughs> I could shout, but you know <laughs> it really is great to be together tonight to celebrate community. And um, as Christian was saying earlier, uh, there is much in our hearts and uh, our plans regarding um, us reaching out increasingly to this community. Uh, where we find an expression of Arena Church. And uh, we're really believing that God's going to help us with that and give momentum to it in the days uh, that lie ahead. See, one of the words for church is community. It is literally just people coming together. And uh, there's a lot of isolation around nowadays, but people are finding the power of community. Just before I came out, I was watching a little clip on the BBC of an appeal for a charity, um, which was... uh, uh, being called the choir with no name. It's given an opportunity for people with issues, with problems, with challenges to come together in a good place to just sing. And the impact that's had on people's lives has been absolutely incredible. And so tonight we want, we want to express community. But one of the heart cries of us is that we express community best when we do community. Uh, when we actually come together in a power of agreement of heart to do what God wants us to do. So it's a joy for a few moments just to share in this community service about what God is doing. And I'd like us just to think about that verse for a moment. It says these words, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That verse is found at the end of a book in the New Testament called 2 Corinthians at the end of chapter 9. It's actually a verse that's got very little to do with the Christmas story per se. But somehow it seems to fit very ideally into communicating the Christmas story in these moments that we've got together. And uh, the Apostle Paul had been writing to this church and commending them for their giving, championing the cause of giving, uh, calling them to to give to people that were in need. You can read about it if you get time. People in the context of the early centuries of, of, of civilization, that first 100 years, people that had been caught in famine and need. And there was a call to the Christian community to reach out and help them. And Paul, in those verses, encourages people to be generous. Uh, it's like sowing seed. And he says that God loves a cheerful giver. And it's often a verse that's used by speakers when they're encouraging people to give. But the word there in the original language is the word hilarios, where we get our word hilarious from. God loves hilarious giving, liberal giving, generous giving. And here we are, friends, 2,000 years later, and in community, nothing's changed. Because there are still people on the doorstep of our life that are in need. And God commends us, God calls us, God champions us, to give out to people liberally, generously, freely, willingly. And he says, at the end of all that, we do it for a reason. We do it in response to the amazing gift of God to us. And I love Christmas time for reminding us of the amazing gift to God to us in Jesus as a baby. As Christian led us in worship, he reminded us that he's the Lord of all, but he started in meekness and humility. And he came as a babe to this earth to bless people. So I'd like us to think about that thought of gift for a few moments. And in this Advent season, we're reminded of the gifts of love and hope and peace and joy. And I like this time of the year for giving gifts. I know people can get a bit sort of crabby about it at times, but I think it's great that we take a few moments to think about people and extend a gift. Bear in mind, friends, a Christmas card's a gift. And encouraging emails to give. We receive cards, and somebody's just saying, "Thinking about you, praying for you." That's a gift to my life. That stirs me. That lifts me. That helps me. It really doesn't have to be hugely expensive to be an amazing blessing to people's lives. And I like it that, that we can intentionally and with encouragement and selflessly and lovingly give gifts. And of course, expectations have changed over the years, and children nowadays so often run to gifts that we would have only dreamt about years ago but it's a good time to give gifts here's my first christmas gift of this season it was last monday evening i met with some of my team in the context of our area group of the of the churches that we represent we had a wonderful night we did a secret santa and i ended up with a box of terry's all gold chocolates which were my late mum's favorites and a cd i've not eaten them as you can see they will be eaten and uh, I've not listened to the CD, but my first gift of Christmas time. And of course, when we think about gifts, uh, sometimes we realize they're not very practical, and sometimes they're not very palatable, things that we give them to eat we don't want to. And they're certainly not very wearable. You, you may get one of those sort of crazy jumpers that you wouldn't be seen literally dead in, but you're going to have to wear it Christmas day because your grandma wants you to. Okay. <laughs> Some gifts can sort of be very practical. So last Christmas time, Sharon brought me this bag for Christmas. And uh, as you can see, it's outlasted a year. It's got a few scrapes upon it now and scratches. And in my bag, I've got my computer tablet, my iPad. And the reality is that you may be saying to me, well, if you got one of those, and I'll confess it again tonight. I said to Julie recently, Julie, if I lost this, I would have to go and buy another one. This is a technophobe confessing that he cannot live without his computer tablet. Why do I need anything else? Because Christian, and you know that Christian's younger than me, don't you? Only just. But Christian doesn't need a bag because all he carries is this. And Josh is a lot younger than me. I wish he was his age, but it's gone. And he certainly doesn't carry a bag. But you see, I'm a boomer. I'm a baby boomer. You see, when I went to school, we didn't have computers. We had paper and pencils. So, although I've got a diary on my computer, I need a diary in my back. And although I've got a Bible on my computer, I need a Bible in my back. And although I've got a notepad on my computer, I need a notepad in my back. And although I don't need pens for my computer, I've got pens by the score in my back. Because somehow, I I just can't give myself away completely to the computer. I just can't do it. So I needed that back. And I lump it around. And people have tried to pick it up at times and said, you must have a house brick in that. Well, I had a rugby ball in it once, but that's another story. But not a house brick. So I carry this around with me, but I carry all the other bits and pieces around just in case that battery runs out. As As you can see, Many preachers in Arena Church have gone to iPad to preach from. I can't do it. I'm terrified I'm going to go to the wrong place. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to be doing this, doing this. So it's still paper, I'm afraid. I'm nearly 60, you see, that's the problem. I think I've done pretty well at times. But presents and gifts. As we think about that tonight, I want us to think very briefly about three things to do with the gift. The greatest gift of all to the earth in Jesus Christ. First of all, it's a gift for the whole world and yet just for you. It's a gift for the whole world and yet just for you. On the 12th of March, 2012, people that uh, uh, sort of log these figures tell us that the world's population clicked over to 7 billion people. It's a little baby born in Sarajevo that was clocked as the seven billionth person wow. in the earth. Wow. I want us to think about that number for a minute. And Isaac, I wonder if you'd help me again tonight. And hold that there. And Nathan, I wonder if you could just come at the other end. Because that's seven billion. Seven thousand million. That's the number of people that live on the earth. In fact, it's a few more hundreds of thousands than that because it's going up all the time. And the reality is that it's a huge figure. Statisticians tell us that if we counted every number in between zero and seven billion, it would take us 30 years. That seven billion seconds would take us back to 1789. And that seven billion steps would take us around the circumference of the equator 106 times. Big, big number. And the Bible says God's soul of the world that he gave his only son. But the reality is, friends, that we can often feel lost in that seven billion. Never mind about seven billion. We can feel lost in just a few hundred. And the reality is this, that Lily has got another number for me. And Lily, I'd like you to come and stand here because as well as the seven billion, there's the one. And in our type of church, in a throwback day, we used to have times of open praise and worship. Some of us survived them. And, uh, And people would be invited to bring their prayer and praise to the Lord. It would often confess a lot of worthlessness. And one of the cliché prayers would be, Lord, if I was the only person in the earth that had failed you, you would have come. Now, like most clichés, it's true. That's why you get those footballers rolling out all the time. It's just the next game that matters. It's true. It's true. And the fact of the matter is that the cliché of, if you'd been the only person in the earth that had been separated from God because of the mist, givings of your life and the misdeeds of your life, he would have come. He would have come. That is the amazing, amazing truth. And in pastoral life, you come across a lot of people at times that don't feel special, that don't feel unique, and don't feel precious. I want to say tonight that whatever's been spoken over you, whatever attitudes have been communicated to you, Whatever has been your lot in life thus far, God says that within the seven billion, I would have come just for you. You are precious. You are valued. You have a unique contribution to make to community. And we best do that when we're motivated by the love of God. Thank you, guys. The second thing is that the gift costs us, just put it down there, the gift costs everything, to God but it cost us nothing you see lots of people want to do things to try and get to the Lord but it starts with a realization of our inner bankruptcy that we have nothing to give to him that we've all fallen short of his glory and that actually this is what Christmas is all about God had to initiate the rescue plan he's called salvation and the Lord's name literally means salvation he came on a rescue plan he came on a mission He came to achieve something. And in the power of the cross, 33 years after he was born in the earth, and through the resurrection and his wonderful ascension, mission was accomplished. It starts with us recognizing that we don't have to do something other than receive the gift that costs us nothing and God everything. So that sounds a bit good. Well, the gospel at the heart of the Christian church literally is good news. It's grace, undeserved, unmerited favor that washes over our lives. One of the writers of the New Testament says it's by grace that we're saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. Some time ago, this happened to me. I've got a little illustration at home that reflects a a similar happening to somebody else. But I was in Bella Italia in Cornerpin in Nottingham with a colleague having lunch. And there were some friends across the way, other and they waited see that was it but when I got to pay for my meal and my friends the waitress says so it's already been sorted that guy down there paid for it oh if only that had more <laughs> it was grace I didn't do anything to deserve it I didn't merit it but somehow he looked across and something touched his heart to say I want to do that I felt somehow sort of um, exposed by the amazing grace that had been expressed me, I wanted to sort of somehow pay, even though it had already been paid, and that 's how often where we're at god 's done it, friends. it cost him everything in Jesus. it costs us nothing to receive, and it sets us on a course of following the lord and The third thing is this: that the gift, the indescribable gift, is a gift that is for now, but it lasts forever you see even my hardy bag one day is going to be in a skip somewhere sorry Sharon but it is you know (laughs) it's going to be battered and scratched and everything and one day I'm going to say it's no good anymore it's no good and whatever gifts we receive this Christmas time and treasure them and say thank you for them and appreciate them but they're going to fade they're going to dim they may be even rust or diminish but the gift of Christmas in Christ really will last forever Changes forever and impact us forever a great woman communicator to the Christian church in these days Christine Kane said these words so much of what we think matters here will we discover doesn't matter there I want to live here from the perspective of there you've heard people say well the problem with you Christians is you're so heavenly minded you know earthly use well actually it's not true And the Bible says that we're to set our affections on things above. And here's the truth in terms of prison reform, in terms of reaching out to the poor, in terms of engaging in mission in foreign fields, in terms of seeing abolition of slavery. Some of the great moral crusades of civilization have been stirred in people's hearts that don't live for here, but live for there. They've seen something of the wonder of heaven that causes them to want to change the earth in which yeah. they live. Yeah. It's a gift for now, but it's a gift that takes us there forever. So how do we respond to all of that? Well, in this season of giving, in this season of receiving and giving of gifts, maybe for the first time tonight, you need to receive that gift of grace to your life. Maybe this Christmas season, it's switched on and says, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's not about the films on the telly. It's not about how much I can eat. It's not about even how much I can spend. It's about God's love invading the earth in Jesus. So I'm going to welcome him by receiving the gift. It may be that your faith got a little bit dim and dark and you need to come back to him and revere the gift afresh and and sobering worship. And as we think about community and reaching out to our community Here in this great town going forward, maybe for all of us, we need to reflect the gift increasingly and so be a witness. Friends, what an amazing season it is. In all the giving and receiving, in all the blessing of relatives and friends and family, all of it fantastic. And all of it we love in Arena Church. Let's never forget to give thanks to God for his indescribable gift that can change us forever.